Hello and welcome back to Love at First Contact. I am Sam and joining me as always is... Goodbye. We're laughing because our dog is outside as always and barking. Um, because we can't have him inside because he'll bark in here. So if you hear him in the background... Uh, Ignore him. Yeah, we can't fix it. <laughs> can't. <laughs> Unless you want to come train our dog. Yeah, well it's not really a training thing. He just, he just misses us when he's outside. It's a training so thing. It's a training thing. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's been a week um, in Star Trek history. Um we are on the cusp of the end of the the 55 year pickup um as i guess it's being called um with strange new worlds premiering next week or this week uh when you're listening to this it will be the sunday before strange new worlds so happy strange new worlds week it's the end of picard season two which means we are now um approaching picard season three which will be the end of the next generation um we're rapidly approaching season three of lower decks um, and who knows what else uh, is on the horizon. Uh, the road of Star Trek is a long one. Uh, we no got joke. faith of the heart. <laughs> um, I'm going to make that joke so many times it's going to get boring for people, but I do love me some Enterprise. I, I want to talk to the audience real quick. Um, and Safai's going to take a break for this, because this is me reaching out to him. Um, do I leave? No, you can stay. I, I just want you, I mean, you, you're going to hear this anyway, so I just you're not part of the speech I'm about to give. Oh, so. I thought you were doing your own separate. No, I'm gonna. You're you're gonna be here because it's easier to edit that oh, way. Oh, you already. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> you already um, cried. Well, look, I am a little emotional about this. Uh, I started the idea for this podcast with you because the idea was to get you to watch Star Trek, to get you to enjoy something I love. Now I gotta get you to enjoy something I love. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's it's more like. I guess as a Star Trek fan, and I, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, um, Star Trek is very important to us. It's a way of life, in a way. Um, it's not an obsession. I mean, for some it is. For me, it definitely could be chalked up to that. But it is, you know, it, it's something important. It's something that shapes the way we think about things. And for a lot of people, it's, it's a good judge of our moral compass. Uh, the things you take away from each episode kind of dictates what mindset you're in. And with Star Trek, it's that there's always the optimism of the future. There is hope. No matter how dark the future gets, no matter how long the road is, no matter how rocky things get, that there's always uh, the bright, shining future of the Federation and of the Enterprise. And no matter what happens in your life, Star Trek is always there to call you home. Um... And, and so it's just, it's been a little emotional for me this week because when I started this podcast, it wasn't, it wasn't for other people. It was for us. It was a fun way to get you to watch Star Trek, uh, my beloved. Um, and the most miraculous thing happened. It's that anyone who has listened to the show, a majority of the people who have listened to the show, that is, um, and we've passed over a hundred listens between all seven of our episodes, uh, with this being episode eight, I believe, um, is that people are wanting to watch Star Trek because of us. And that's, that's just really cool. The fact that, you know, sharing this love for, uh, a show from the sixties that by all right should not have carried on that should not have gone for 55 years that for for 55 years through what eight iterations 12 movies uh, hundreds of books comics 
cartoons, action figures, action figures, uh, replicas, uniforms, props, fans, conventions, Everything. audio dramas, fan films. This worldwide phenomenon that, for a small part of it, I have inspired people to join the crew, to join you know the the mission to to boldly go, and you're one of them. You're enjoying it, and I know you're never going to be it. Well, I, who knows? You know, we've got a long road, and by the end, you might be a fan. You might be willing to put on a uniform. You know, I don't think you don't know. Uh, we none of us know. Um, to quote another science fiction film, the future is what you make of it. And and the future that Star Trek offers is just so bright that I hope people are able to look past the, the nerdiness and and, and see uh, uh, that the future uh, is, uh, is, is just, just really bright. Um, and no matter how hard life has gotten... And no matter how scary the world we currently live in in 2022 has gotten, and it is a dark world we're in right now, um, that the promise of the bright utopian future of Star Trek is always going to be there. And that if we can just see past the human ego and the human moral compass and and really strive to do better, that the future is going to be there for us. And maybe... We will boldly go. Maybe we will explore strange new worlds, seek out new life and new civilizations, and, and boldly go where no one has gone before. Not for a long while, I don't think. You don't know that, though. We None of us can know that. And that's the best beauty of, of hope, I think. But anyway, that's my moral moment for the episode. What did you... Okay, okay so let me, let me go back a bit. Um, this week we watched uh, The Court Martial. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes. Not important to our rewatch in the slightest. Um, it's just a good episode, in my opinion. Because, as I've stated before, and I'm getting a look from Safai, because I, I think she sometimes forgets, we're not just watching random episodes. We're watching episodes that directly have an impact on the future of Star Trek. There's an element in every episode that we watch that applies to the future of the show. That something in, in each episode we've watched so far will come back. Uh, be it uh, Strange Energies, Time Warp, The Salt Vampire, uh, <laughs> Space Madness, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, what happened last week? What episode did we watch last week? Uh, the Romulans. <laughs> oh my god. The Balance of Terror last it's week. It's been a whole week. It has. Uh, the Balance of Terror, you know, Romulans, uh, cloaking devices, you know, ev- everything we've seen so far will come back in a way and i guess this episode does introduce the the subject of ion storms and ion storms are going to be important for tos and a little bit in tng so the the ion storm element of this week will come into play which we'll talk about later i'm sure but anyway uh just to sum up the episode a crewman is killed uh james t kirk is blamed for the death why do you always say his full name because you can't just say jim kirk or james james kirk or captain kirk it's James T. Kirk. You respect the name. Oh my goodness! Um, the greatest cap, or second, fourth greatest captain in Starfleet wow. history. Does James Kirk really right up there with Jonathan Archer, Jean Luc Picard, Benjamin Sisko, <sighs> Catherine Janeway, the others? I don't know. <laughs> captain Freeman. I don't. Carol Freeman. Wow. She's new. Anyway. Um. Anyway, but 
Uh, so he's put on trial for the death of Benjamin Finney, a longtime acquaintance uh, slash frenemy. Frenemy, who death is a little suspicious, a little sus. So did they really um, airlock or vent the right crewmen? Uh, You're giving can, away too much. Can I make enough Among Us references to make us hip in the eyes of the kids of the audience? We're not ever going to be hip I'm in the aware. eyes of the audience. I play Among Us sometimes with my friends. But we're not going to be know. hip. Half of our audience is older than even us, so I'm, I doubt they even know what Among I'm Us is. I'm an old lady. I would have been at like You know things. what Among <laughs> Us is. Anyway, um, so that's the episode. What did you think of the court-martial? Well, what did you tell me this episode was about? It's a murder mystery. Kind of. It's a court drama. Eh. It's an NCIS episode. No, it's not. I'm really into NCIS right now. That's what he's saying. You know, Star Trek would be a really good test bed for an NCIS show. I'm just saying. NCIS Starfleet? Paramount. Call us. No. I'm ready to write for you. Anyway. No. But I don't know. They, they're the ones that make the NCIS series. They've got like eight spinoffs. We need a, we need a future NCIS set in Star oh Trek. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Um... And so, yeah, so it's a good episode in my opinion. One of my probable favorites of the original series. What did you think of it? Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, I I think I've clearly shown after watching a lot of the old episodes, or the past episodes that we've watched, is that I don't really like when they don't go anywhere. I like to see other planets and find them to go somewhere and do something. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't like unenjoyable for me to watch it was interesting to see um what was going on i was annoyed at first that i didn't know exactly what was happening they kind of just skipped all of that and you don't find yeah. out until like the middle about exactly what's kind of happening and how this happened um they kind of just jump into like oh we're we're charging you you're a suspect and i'm like okay but what happened yeah, they don't do a, a good job in explaining the accident. They do show it on the ship as they pan past it, but, like, they don't make it too clear besides Kirk's narration, and I think they could have done, like... Better. A, a little bit better in this situation. But it's not a bad episode, um, and it gets really good. But you know what? Let's go to your questions. You've got a whole page today. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, before I go to my question, I do have to say I do like how they were more diverse in this episode. Yeah, I, I pointed it out to you at one point. There was um, the Admiralty Board that was doing Kirk's Court Martial. There there were... Who was African-American. African-American was... The main Commodore was African-American. There was... Um, an Asian lady. An Asian lady. There was an Indian man. What was the Indian man? He was one of the Admirals. Was he testifying? No, he was he was one of the... the oh, he was on board. Yeah, he was on the board. Okay, I wasn't really paying him uh, like, so super close I, I'm attention. I'm pretty sure he was uh, Indian. So, I mean... There's there's that. They had a lot more females. I mean... Yeah. Well, there was like three, but There still. was a female lawyer, which was kind of unique for the 60s. <laughs> lawyer. Lawyer. Why would you say it? He always made fun of me. Anyway, but it, it's the first court drama episode of Star Trek, and, and now that I think about it, court dramas are going to be a thing. Um, there will be much better court dramas, but this episode has a line in it. The line is, uh, computers have no rights. They don't. They're computers. What about computers that can talk and have feelings? Well, feelings. Feeling. They can't have... You know, you know about Data, the yeah. android. Do you think Data has rights? No. Data has no rights. I think... Oh, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna, in Star Trek. Oh. Yeah. Data, the android. I He's don't know pale, why I was thinking of something else. Kind of funny, played by Brent Spiner. I don't 
know, okay? Like, androids can, I guess, like, you can program feelings into them, but they can't accurately portray but, but feelings. In, in, okay, so we're going to pause this conversation for probably about a year. <laughs> and we're going to come back to, well, no, uh, July is when I think I said we'll be through um, every episode into the, the next generation. We're going to pause it until we get to the episode that There's we're There's an episode to. called The Measure of a Man, and we're going to get there, and we're going to watch it, and we're going to reopen this. this and we're this... going to have a hardly argument about it. We're, we're going to. And the episode's going to prove me right. Anyway, so um, so the whole point is a computer cannot lie, but the computer lied. Basically. I feel like we should put something on Twitter saying, like, what are your thoughts? Like a, like a vote. Well, everybody's going to say that computers have rights because people like data. No, they're not. Uh, anyway, so can, what are your questions? My questions... Okay, so I was confused about what planet they were in. You, you said that they're not on Earth, but where are they? Uh, it's called Starbase 11. But where? I don't know. There's a random planet? Starbase 11? The planet? <laughs> TM? I think they said the name of the planet at one point, but I didn't hear it. It's just it's just a random planet. You'll learn a lot in Star Trek, the original series, that the planets either have a numerical designation or or they have a feature that is referred to um, mostly. So, for instance, this one is Starbase 11. It's a starbase where ships from the Federation can put in. This is also the first time, I will note, that in orbit of the starbase, we see another Constitution class. There's another Constitution class in orbit. Um, it was probably just a copy of the Enterprise, but I couldn't make out its registry number. Um, could be the Farragut, could be the Constitution, uh, the Republic. It, it could be anything. So, it's in the background back there. Um... Which is cool. It's the first time we see another Federation starship. And also the first time we see shuttlecraft. We saw shuttlecraft falling around. So this is a cool little detail in this episode. I don't even know what that is, but okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, my next question, well, I guess it's not really a question. Because we found out what happened to Ben. Yeah, what happened to Ben? Well, he's alive. He's alive. <laughs> he didn't die. He's the one who did everything. Yes. He didn't get sucked into space. He faked his death. He's alive. He's an ass. And on trial. Okay, uh, what was, what were the different, like, um, uh, buttons, I guess, on their shirts when they were in the trial? So those, those are awards. So those are medals and awards. The uniforms they're wearing, um, are the Starfleet dress uniforms of the era, and when you're in your dress uniform, you wear your medals. So, like, Kirk has the whole chest of medals, the Admiral has a couple, uh-huh. even Spock has a few, um, and that just signifies the awards and honors that you've gained throughout your Starfleet career. Kirk is probably the most decorated officer in the room. He is probably the most decorated Starfleet officer of the time. Um, uh, he'll go on to win like the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor uh, and some other awards. Um, Why don't the females have any? Well, they weren't wearing dress uniforms. I noticed the, yeah. la- the lawyer who was representing the the the, um, the Starfleet. Uh, was, the prosecutor. The prosecutor was wearing her standard uniform. She had um, a badge on. Yeah, that was cute. I, I assume that is the symbol for the, the Judge Advocate General's Office of Starfleet. But even the Asian lady that was uh, testifying, she didn't. She had on her normal outfit. Yeah, she had her, her regular outfit on. I don't think women get to wear the dress uniform. That's I think, stupid. I think they have to wear the dress. That's, so. But they don't have any medals? Well, No. And that's kind of a shame. I know Uhura will go on to win several awards. That's my girl. And medals. And she'll go on to be a Starfleet captain. In fact, um, another Starfleet captain will, for the first time ever, uh, join the Speed of Light Club by going Warp 1 aboard her ship. So, yeah. So she'll go on to do great things in Starfleet. Oh, 
you answered my next question about the, the shirts. I was going to ask about, like, what shirts they were. Yeah, so they're the dress uniforms. Yeah. Um, and we'll see those again. Okay. And we'll see cooler dress uniforms. Okay. Like the next generation dress uniforms. Okay. <laughs> like the one I want to wear at our wedding. No. <laughs> Whatever. Continue. Um, <clears throat> my next one is, what? what's that, um, that light stuff that they had to put their hands on? on in the chair? It's a truth sensor. That's really are you like that's, that's okay. actually what it like, is. Are it's you a truth. Me no, or? it's it's a truth sensor. So they have to keep their hand on that, and it, it tells uh, the the computer if they're telling the truth, and if they're lying, the computer goes Lie. incorrect. <laughs> oh, oh, like uh, like, like mud. In, yeah. okay, okay. I don't think Mud had to put his hand on anything. No, though, he didn't. But no, it, yes, he did because it said he was lying. Yeah, right. He had his hand. That's the same thing. So, okay. So it's a truth. It's a truth detector. <laughs> the button what was his daughter wearing ben's daughter like a civilian dress did you did you catch that she's named after jim kirk didn't he say that yeah i didn't know if you caught it though so her name is jamie okay which is named after james so they kirk. were friends they were best friends so what happened um though they explained that in the episode <laughs> i missed that i know so they um were at the academy together finney is a bit older than him so Finney was an instructor at the academy. Um, he had stayed at the academy longer than is normal as an instructor. Because a lot of times what will happen in Starfleet is if a cadet performs very well, they will stay on at the academy for maybe an extra year or two and, and teach a class. Uh, Jim Kirk did that. He taught Starfleet history, I think. Um, and he taught some other classes there. Um, and then Finney did the same. Um, but they were friends. Um, when Kirk was assigned to his first ship, the USS Republic, which was an older ship, uh, Finney was also assigned there, um, and they were on opposite duty rotations. They were in the same position, so they did the same task, but Kirk would relieve Finney occasionally. Um, one night, uh, Finney was assigned to engineering, and when he was relieved, Kirk noticed that he had left open um, some component of the engine. Oh, that's the mistake they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that was, that was dangerous to the ship. It could have caused damage to the ship or even the ship's destruction. Mm. Um, and Kirk had no real choice but to report him. Um, and because of this... Uh, Finney resented him. And so this is why at the end he was like, I know my ship. No, he was just saying that I'm as good an officer as you and I know the ship just as well as you. Yeah. He was trying to point out that though Jim Kirk has been promoted to captain and Finney is not, that Finney deserves what Kirk has. He's, he's jealous of Kirk's success. Right, but this is like only one mistake, right? Yeah, but it was a big mistake. It's like a ship destruction mistake. But that's going to, like, cost him his whole career? He well, can't make anything up well, for it? Well, it didn't cost him his career. It's just he he has taken assignments that aren't the quickest. And he's been noted as an officer who doesn't really do much. He stayed at the academy for a very long time, which is odd. He got no field experience. Uh, when he did get field experience, he, he was lazy and made a mistake early on in his career. So this is just his personality. Yeah. But you've got to make a note of this. He's assigned to the flagship. He's assigned to the Enterprise. You you don't just get assigned to the Enterprise. You have to, no matter what position you are on on the Enterprise, if you are some ensign in engineering whose job it is to push a button, you have proven you are the best button pusher in the Federation <laughs> to get assigned there. The Feder the Enterprise is, is the ship of the ship. It's the assignment everyone wants. If you are on an Enterprise, you are more than likely going to be Captain, Admiral, and Chief of Staff of Starfleet someday. See, so he did pretty good. He did amazing. He was the re Chief Records Officer of the USS Enterprise NCC-1701. So what's he complaining about? He's an idiot. 
if he had kept with his career and maybe pushed a bit and taken some risks, he probably would have made Captain. He looked crazy. He he looked a little out of shape. Let's be honest. So let's be honest. He he probably only got the job on the Enterprise because he was friends with Kirk. So Kirk, despite their differences and their their animosity, still gave him a position on the Enterprise. Interesting. Antrostern. Okay. Uh, what's my next question? <clears throat> oh, I don't like that heartbeat. Uh, heart, heart. Yeah. Yeah, the heartbeat the heart, machine thing. Yeah. It looked like a microphone. Yeah, the the white noise machine. No, no. It was literally just a microphone painted no. white. No. Yeah. It's, it's another case of the prop department getting lazy. Let us all remember the miracle spray bottles used in sickbay to apply <laughs> ointment. That are just Windex containers. Literally, this looks like a microphone. Like I, thought... I could go to Lowe's right now and buy those. Oh my! Oh god. my god! With the spray? The spray bottles. We have them upstairs. But I could get empty spray bottles and paint them like that. Oh my! Like that's god. how stupid it is. And I'll tell you, props get better. And you were telling me when I was making fun of the stupid blocks. What the blocks are back? <laughs> What bo- oh, the, the, the blocks! Don't make fun of those. I mean, you can make fun of the spray bottle, but I can't make fun of the stupid blocks. The blocks are realistic. They're like floppy disks. I don't care. It's anyway, still dumb. It's the 60s. Prop department isn't quite where it probably will be in, in the next generation of the movies. Oh my gosh. My next thing is... Uh, I guess we kind of did answer it, but why did he fake his death? Because he was trying to get James Kirk rolled out of the service, but I don't, I don't know what his motives were. Well, he thought that they were going to promote him to be captain. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other people no. ahead of him. I guess he just wanted revenge on Kirk, and then when he wasn't going to get revenge, he was going to destroy the Enterprise and himself on it with Kirk. So he would take the ultimate revenge. But at the same time, like if he hadn't done that and Kirk had just been found guilty, what was his plan? Was he going to come out of, of? hiding and be like oh i didn't die but then kirk would be exonerated exonerated would be cleared of all charges and put right right back in command i know so did you really want to do all that to your daughter because you obviously cared after kirk said your daughter's on the ship did you not know that and he lost his mind it's nutty it's it's a bad decision were you a good father no obviously not Um, but yeah, so, and this is before families are on starships. I pointed that out to you. In the future, like, there will be ships like the Galaxy Class. But they build it big enough to have families? Well, well there's a point where, where every ship, because Starfleet will be in such an era of peace, that they allow Starfleet officers to have their families on the ship, which allows them to serve for longer periods of time. Do you think it would be possible if the Army and the Navy, you know, with just everything that we have, will be able to do that with their families? They do. They do? Yeah, it's like my dad. My dad was uh, in the Army Corps of Engineers for almost 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, after Vietnam, he was assigned to Germany. Uh-huh. Um, and when he was in Germany, my brother Jimmy and his mother went to live with him. They lived on base in Germany with my dad. Oh, yeah, right. And that still happens. If you're assigned to an area that's not at war or, or a dangerous area, your family can come to live with you. There are people who grow up in, like, Japanese military bases where the U.S. operates, mm-hmm. or England, or Germany, or stuff like that. So that happens oh, today. Oh, right. I forgot about it's realistic. that. But the point is that in the future of Starfleet, there are civilians working on the ship, civilian scientists. So, like, the Enterprise-D under Picard was basically a flying, like, subdivision with a mall and a giant park and 12 preschools. <laughs> And nightly quartets. 
Isn't there like a yeah. whole like Android poetry mall in Lower Decks? Yeah, there's a there's a gift shop apparently for the Cerritos because <laughs> they take that packlet there. The packlet comes out with uh, "I went to the Cerritos" and all he got was this T-shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the era when when Starfleet is still military, and that's that's something we'll see a bit in Enterprise when it's it's truly just military um, military explorers. So, but Starfleet will grow and become more of a peacekeeping. Um, exploration driven thing and then they'll be unfortunately forced back into a war driven mentality um and that will last for a little too long but anyway okay. that's that's a, a little glimpse ahead of what we're going to expect okay um my next question is do they really have to go to space just to test out that heart thing i feel like they still could have been like wherever the ship was docked at on the planet well they were they were trying to make a point of that if the Admiralty was on the ship and they heard their own heartbeats, and then their heartbeats were removed, they would believe it more if Finney's heartbeat was shown. But they could have still done that if the ship was docked, right? Yeah, that's a good point. In the future, they will dock the ship on space stations. And yeah, stuff. I'm like, and this way, if he malfunctioned the ship, then it wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, we're gonna die. That's a good point. It's a dramatic tension moment. <clears throat> Apparently. My last question is not really a question. But, um, <laughs> do I want to go with the non-PG-13 or the PG-13? PG-13, please, so I don't have that This is your future editor speaking. Please be advised, I was not able to lower Safai's voice in the next second. Uh, so, headphone warning if you're wearing headphones. Uh, good luck. What the F about him kissing that lady and he's stringing across yeah, my lady? Yeah, and I noticed Jan Janice wasn't in this episode either. Oh. Janice was one of the, the three main characters who was not in this episode. The other two being... How dare... She's like, oh, can I just, like, you know, kiss you and well, they're, all they're, your officers? They dated at some point. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Or, he or, is stringing her along, and he could easily just date her. And he's like, oh, let me just steal a kiss from this one girl. No! Well, he couldn't date Janice because she's assigned to the same ship as him. But when she leaves the ship, they could date. He just, he doesn't. Then he needs to stop stringing her along. Man. Like I said in the last episode. Well, let's be honest. We're about, we're getting very close to the, uh, the city on the edge of forever. And you're going to get real pissed when Jim Kirk falls in love with someone and it becomes the greatest love he ever knew. And then she dies. Anyway. I'm, I'm already pissed. Anyways, that's the last year questions. Um, not a lot this week. One page. That's not bad, though. Well, you know, anytime we don't really go anywhere, it's no questions. That's true. So what did you think of the episode as a whole? Um, I thought it was good. I really, um, I mean, you know I love, like, kind of crime shows, that's, so... Yeah, that's why I thought you would like it the most. Um, I like the crime. Like I said in the beginning, I didn't like how they first played it off in the beginning of it. Um, because in my crime shows, they at least give you some background to it, and then they, like, you know, go into all of it. But it was pretty good. Um, I'm glad. They never, like, <laughs> I just realized... They never, um, like, touched base about him pushing the wrong button. <laughs> so that didn't happen. I noticed that, too. They they didn't talk about how... They're just like, he's alive! Yeah. But he pushed the wrong so button, still. Just, just think of it as, as Finney edited the video. So, and no one thought about that, I guess. But yeah, so, no, Jim Kirk is innocent here. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, this time. This time. Will he do something wrong in the future? Well... Actually, he did do something wrong. He kissed a girl. This is not the last time Jim Kirk will be put on trial. Let's just say that. Maybe he needs to retire then. Well, he's only in his 20s. I don't care. He'll, he'll, he'll retire, and then he'll die. 
Okay. In space. Okay. Painfully. Okay. And then he'll fall off a bridge when he okay. comes back to life. After getting stabbed in the back. Okay. Okay. We were away from that. But anyway, that happens. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. So, so this was the court-martial. Did you have a favorite character this week? Um, this week, I would say the prosecutor lady, even though she kissed Kirk and I don't like it, but I like her strong energy. She took her, she did not allow her, her previous relationship, relationship with yeah. Kirk to interfere with Get her Get it, duties. girl. She did very well, and I hope she has a long and detailed Starfleet career. Without Kirk. Without Kirk. Um, and I can confirm she never appears again. Yeah! So, she's one of those lost-to-time TOS characters. Um... I, I want to talk about one thing. There's a really great book. It's not canon in the slightest, and it takes a lot of liberties, but there is, is the autobiography of James T. Kirk. Um, it is one of the autobiography series, like the autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard, Catherine Janeway, and, and Mr. Spock. So um, it, it's very good, and it, it one of the reasons I like this episode much is because I've, I've read that book, and because that book goes into details of not only what happened on the Republic, but during this court case, Kirk's previous relationship with the lawyer. So if you're looking for a good book to read, you like Jim Kirk, and you you want to know more about him to a certain point, I recommend the autobiography of This goes into detail of his fictional character. Yeah, it's, it's an autobiography written by Jim Kirk in-universe, um, and it covers every single event of his life um, up to his uh, death. Um... And it Which is slow and painful. No. That's what you just said. Well, his his actual death is, but his first death is not. What? Yeah, it's confusing as hell. But anyway, um, are we going to watch James T. Kirk die a couple times? Okay. Is it going to be sad? Only twice. I feel like you haven't really um, lasted in Star Trek unless you die. That's true. And we'll talk about how William Shatner took Kirk dying the first time because he wrote an entire novel series called uh, The Shatnerverse. We'll, we'll get to that with Generations. But uh, So this has been The Court Martial. How would you rate this episode in comparison to the other seven we've watched? I can't rate something off of that. I don't know. Can I just rate it in general? Yeah. Okay. Um, probably like a seven. A seven? Yeah, maybe seven and a half. That's, that's a good rating for it. Um, but okay. So that kind of wraps up our episode. I, I want to say something really cool, okay? And I wasn't going to bring this up till next week, but I'm going to bring it up. The next episodes we are watching, and next week's episode of the podcast, Advanced Warning, is probably going to be a little long, because we are watching two episodes instead of one. Um, we're going to watch The Menagerie Part 1 and The Menagerie Part 2. Now, The Menagerie is special. The Menagerie is a clip show. It is a clip episode where we are watching... The crew we know on the Enterprise watched the original pilot of Star Trek. We've talked about the original pilot a little bit. The original pilot being, um, instead of Captain Kirk, it was Captain Christopher Pike. Instead of Mr. Spock being the first officer, it was uh, number one. Uh, Spock is there, but he looks a little different, and he's going to smile and laugh a lot and be very off-putting, and it's going to be weird. Um, and just, it's going to be different. But, and this was not planned uh we are getting to the menagerie the week of strange new worlds the week that the show that was not picked up that almost spelled the doom of star trek is being picked up and and made um and not just made but apparently so good that without its first season even being out they've already halfway through filming season two um and it's amazing to me 
being a Star Trek fan for all these years, that the show that is so mystified and so revered as something that we've always wanted to see but never gotten to see is finally coming. But not only that, that in a way we're getting a, another season of the original series. It's serialized. Uh, not serialized, it's, it's episodic. So no two episodes of Strange New Worlds will really link back to each other. It's the original Enterprise. It's the Constitution-class NCC-1701. It's Mr. Spock. It's, it's Uhura. It's, it's Captain Pike in number one. And, and all these new characters who we're excited to meet, but it's the original ship, the original crew on our TV screens. Or our computer screens, because it's streaming only. But the point is, is that the best thing about Star Trek is no matter if you fail, no, there's always hope for the future that um, you might see your dream live again. Um, and with that, I am Samuel Johnson. If you want to follow us on Twitter, and I haven't told Sophia this, we have a new Twitter handle. We have a what? A new Twitter handle. Why I, do you always tell me these things as we're recording? Because I get a good reaction from, from you. So the new Twitter handle is Love at First Pod. That's love at first pod, P-O-D. Why? Because it's love at first podcast. No, I know why, but why'd you change it? Because it's a lot easier to remember no, the love at four five. it's a lot easier. <laughs> I can say it a lot easier. <laughs> and it's easier for people to find. And it makes more sense. So we are love at first contact. If you want to follow along, we occasionally post on Twitter. Uh, there'll be some clips from this episode, I think. I was about to um, tell someone today what the name of the podcast mm-hmm. was, but I never got to that. So I'm glad I didn't because you changed love it. Love at first pod. We are still love at first contact on Twitter, though. So if you just search love at first contact, you're more than likely going to find us. Um, thank you all for listening. We passed 100 listens this week. That's more than I ever thought we'd get. Um, we have an average listener base of 41 people per episode. That is 41 unique people who have listened to our episodes across all eight episodes now. Now maybe we can get some guest stars. Uh, we will. Hint, hint, thunk. <laughs> Not till season two, but we will. Um, I, I think for Journey to Babel, we'll have a guest star. Um... And then we might have some more guest stars down the line. Um, so keep an eye out. We've got some other stuff planned. Uh, we're starting to slowly plan out a video element to this podcast. So get excited. There's a lot in the future. It may be a long road, but we got faith of the heart. Uh, live long and prosper. Um, fortune favors the bold. Warp me. Uh, boldly go. Live long and prosper. This has been Love at First Contact. Bye.